Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Today's episode is brought to you by Doghouse Systems at doghousesystems.com. If you use the code FROGPANTS at checkout, you can get a 480 gigabyte SSD drive for a limited time while supplies last absolutely free. Check out their fantastic rigs and wonderful computers over at doghousesystems.com today on today's episode of the instance we've got a date with blizzcon what would you do if they shut down your vanilla server we all thought mythic was hard but mythic plus sounds really hard overwatch gets ranked play and they call it competitive will it be soldier 76 gets sidelined we don't talk about the tracer pose your calls emails and more on this episode of the instance i'm jeff kaplan and you're listening to the instance Welcome back to The Instance. This is The Instance episode 443. My name is Scott Johnson. I'm joined today by Willie Dills Gregory. Hello, Dills. Hello, Scott. Hey, man. It's good to be here. Yeah. I feel like I just talked to you. We not did. even that long ago. Yeah, it was like 12, not even, geez, what? Like, yeah, like 12 hours ago we were hanging yeah. out. And it's had good a, to see you again, you know? So yeah. It's, it's like uh, it's, it feels it feels natural to just talk to you every day. I think that's what we should do. <laughs> this is how it is with Ibit. It's like, I don't know how that guy's not completely <laughs> sick of me by now. I see him every oh, he day. is. He, he talks to me. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> At least he's getting it out of his system. Uh, the Europeans are both doing weird stuff. You got Patrick in uh, Japan, and you got uh, you got Dill or uh, 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 Europeans are always doing weird stuff. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's the truth. Um, and you got uh, what's his name? Uh, the Terpster there recovering from his time at the uh, video game BAFTA Awards. So in in their stead, we brought in another American from America's Wang, ladies and gentlemen. It's Garrett Ryan's Earl. Hello, Garrett. Well, Ishnu Allah, dorks. <laughs> nice. You, you sound like you had a prepared uh, statement to begin the show here. but uh... <laughs> I prepared a statement. You pull out a little piece of paper, open it up. Yeah. <laughs> <Seven> up. <clears throat> you guys, uh, you guys, of course, know these chuckleheads from their fine work on the Angry Chicken. And, of course, now for Garrett, 100 episodes of ITN Into the Nexus, which I was uh, really glad to guest on yesterday with Dills. And we had Jeff Kanata, and we had you and Kyle, and it was that was a hell of a time. That was that was some of the most fun I've had podcasting in recent memory. So uh, thank you guys for coming on. It was a uh, it was a blast. Yeah, it was really good. So uh, you guys should check that episode out. It was a really great sort of state of the game kind of conversation. And if you're interested in Heroes of the Storm, that's that's a great place to do it. Oh, and by the way, yeah, if fun you're... fact: nine, 90 minutes of unscripted heroes chatter. Wow, yeah. that's that's pretty. Well, actually, good. I think I think you kicked off the initial discussion with the top of the. It was Heroes of the Dorm, and then we just never stopped. Barely, barely. Yeah. And I, and I, and You're like, hey, here's the dorm, and then we're off and running. Yeah. yeah. I think we may have mentioned one other, like, <laughs> there's maybe one other thing in the news. I can't remember what it was, but, like, halfway down. Oh, it was double XP Tracer. for the weekend, or 50% XP boost for the weekend. Yeah, you mentioned that. We talked about Tracer, but it, it wasn't like we were following notes or anything. It was just yeah. kind of where the conversation led us. Yeah. We just ended up at Tracer, yeah. I don't want to freak anyone out, but people on the A-Move network and the Frog Pants network, we tend to 
talk from the gut. And that's what you get with our shows. So hopefully you enjoy this one today. There'll be a little World of Warcraft in there. We got some Overwatch talk a little bit later. So if you're here just for the Warcraft stuff, I don't know what to tell you, man. There's not a ton happening, but there is a little bit. And we'll get to all of that in the news. All right. Let's talk about BlizzCon first. Uh, fourth and fifth. Yeah, it's coming, guys. Yeah. I'm so stoked. Are you excited to get back down there I'm, and do all that? I'm always, I'm always excited for BlizzCon, man. I get to hang out with everyone. It's it's so nice to see everybody. The con like really never disappoints for the most part. Even in a year where it opens up with Geek Is, I still have a great time. Yeah. Do you ever feel like it just happened though, like five minutes ago? Because that's how it feels to me. I feel like we were just there doing this. And not that that's a bad thing, but it does. It literally feels like yesterday to me. November does a bit. This this year is weird though, because like uh, last year when it happened, I had also just gotten married, and then right after it was over, we were on a plane to Maui. And oh yeah, this should I, this should be much was, more normal. Particularly for you. strange for me, sure. specifically. Sure, sure. Yeah, this will be a much more relaxing trip for you, I'm sure. Oh God, yes. So here's the exciting. But you know, bit. at this point, it's we just now expect it every year, and and I think it's more of an esports event, and I think it will be. Um, all the like announcements and everything that we've always expected from BlizzCon aren't quite as important because now there is essentially, well, at this point, there's two full seasons of stuff that ends, culminates at BlizzCon, mm-hmm. and that will, you know, that will be every year, as far as I can tell, uh, from here on out. So everything else is just kind of okay. Now we fill in the time with the cool band, and here's what's we're working on, and here's what's coming, mm-hmm. and it's just we we all know what we're doing. Even the audience now, mm-hmm. so we just show for BlizzCon like, yeah, let's get it on. And, you know, it's it's like it's a well-oiled machine at this point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's very the esports focus is is clear. Um, it, it if we if we're to make any predictions this early, and I know it's very early, we just got dates for the for the show. But I always like to do this when we find out when BlizzCon's going to be. Do we have any predictions based on what we know? What we know is we'll be playing a we'll be playing Legion by then, so we'll have Legion sometime mm-hmm. this summer. At least that's the current plan. So that'll be out of the bag and happening. And surely at BlizzCon, there will be talk about upcoming content for said expansion. But given their their recent um, uptick and how quickly they're trying to release content, I know they're always trying to do this, but it seems like maybe they're on the track to actually do this more often with World of Warcraft. You guys think it's crazy to, to think they may announce the next expansion at this thing? Or is that, too, is that too quick? Um, no, it's not crazy. But it would probably just be a very rough sketch of what it is. Um, at that point, we're still going to need... It, it's just two patches, an expansion, right, at this right, point. Right. Um, so we're still going to need the second patch. So it's possible they announce whatever the second patch is and all that content. Mm. Or it's... And I don't, I don't think it's completely out of the question that they announce the entire next expansion. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, Could happen. What do you think, Garrett? You think they're going to... Surprises. I mean, I would certainly like them to uh, to announce the next expansion. I, I, I'm not. I wouldn't bet money on it. It seems like a stretch, um, especially with their like their development speed. With World of Warcraft has not been uh, peppy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're trying. Like they want to be faster, right? But they just haven't gotten there. Yeah, they're trying well, to. They're they they want to be fast. They've been. I mean, they've been saying that since the first BlizzCon ever. We're gonna try and increase the speed of our development, and it's never happened. They've never once. Uh, I, I don't think a, a WoW expansion has ever come out. Uh, at a time where it it felt like it should have, I think it's always been about four to five months too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's let's look at it though. So we're we're at BlizzCon, and that is a post Warcraft movie world. That is a post Legion release world. That's a post Overwatch release world, and we're in the thick of the you know second, third, and fourth year of some of these other titles. Um, and they're all very focused on esports and these tournaments and everything. 
I'm struggling a little bit to think about what that it, it to me that seems like a fundamental shift in the format without it without it being intended to be. In other words, sure. when they get up on stage, will it just be will it be like Apple keynotes? We've got a new store opening in you know China, and here's our numbers, and off we go. And there here's a small iteration to various products. That feels like maybe that's where we're we're we headed. We made Warcraft smaller and lighter and thinner. <laughs> it's like no. I, I, I mean, I would be really surprised to see to Warcraft see it go. Warcraft doesn't megapixel camera. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we added three more pixels to the cod piece of your orc warrior. Wow. Actually, I'm all in now that you say it that way. Give me yeah. a, give me some more pixels on my cod piece. But for real, like um, it feels like there's just less to say. You know, like less for that. I don't mean we're back to the geek is moment, but in, in of 2010. But we're definitely not in the in the world of. I mean, I'm I'm forgetting about Diablo here. Maybe this is that year. Maybe this is the year Diablo's next big thing happens. I don't think we'll ever hit that point. I mean, yeah, it might. If you're just a World of Warcraft fan or you're just a Diablo fan, you're going to have BlizzCons that disappoint you. But if you are a Blizzard fan, now with games like Heroes of the Storm and Hearthstone that are constantly iterated upon, I don't think there's ever going to be a year of BlizzCon where they don't have something new to show us, something to announce. Mm. Yeah, no, uh, that's because, absolutely true. It's, it's. I think at this point we have to forgo our fanboyism of one single game mm-hmm. and just understand it is BlizzCon, not WowCon, right? Yeah, yeah and, I don't, and I don't think um, you know going the, the Apple keynote route will ever... That that will never make sense for BlizzCon. BlizzCon is for the fans. It's not for you know shareholders, developers, and yeah, yeah. yeah like it, it, it's not something you you would just immediately stop telling tickets. Why would someone pay two hundred dollars to get up there and listen to Mister Tuckton T-shirt tell you about the statistics? <laughs> well, you're not- I, I really do think we're going towards a direction where BlizzCon is just a big esports event yeah. where people go just to see the culmination of these stories. They go to hang out with their friends who they know play the games. They go to, you know, do all the things that they want socially within this community, and they don't really care so much about the huge announcements and the massive moments. And we, you know, we just, we get, we get what we want when we go there now. And what we want is we want to socialize with other Blizzard fanboys, really. You, you know, that's, you think that's pretty much what it is at do, this point. Do you think Blizzard, though, I mean, we say it's not for shareholders, it's for fans, but isn't it? Isn't it increasingly their showcase for shareholders? I mean, isn't that? I mean, that's part of this. I don't think it's entirely for fans. It's it is. I mean, it is for us for sure. It is, and it's yeah. and it definitely is a community based thing, and it feels that way. But what they're also doing is planting their flag and going, look, uh, major esports event uh, coming at you, yo. We got a stage full of people, and we got a million dollars on the line, and all of that stuff matters to Activision Blizzard. And their shareholders. Sure. So, I, well, do we know? Have we ever talked on this show? And I'm, I'm, I've never even looked it up. Do you guys know like the financials of just BlizzCon itself? I, I mean, it no seems idea. like a money making machine. Well, you'd think at two hundred right. bucks a ticket, and well, just the, the line also, up for well, merchandise that just is never ends. It's yeah, just yeah. a constant flow of stuff being sold. <laughs> yeah, all That's day a good every point. day. But you also, I mean, look at the event itself. That is not a cheap event by anyone's throw, definition. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like you're it's like you're putting on four Iron Maiden concerts simultaneously, like with the amount of lighting and scaffolding and stages. And- I mean, I'm sure the margins are thin based on that, but I also think the money coming in has to be just insane. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they turn a profit, but I, I, yeah. I, I can't I can't imagine um, I still just by looking at the size of it and the fact that they still haven't moved it to somewhere that can accommodate more than 24,000 people. Mm-hmm. I don't see it, it like profit as its main goal. Yeah. No, no, I don't think so. But but I think that it doesn't. It's not something that they need to be. 
them selling you the games or whatever, it in and of itself is a, another way for Blizzard Activision to be making money. You know? Oh, absolutely. Like it's another absolutely. part. It's like another division of Blizzard at this point. Um, yeah. I, it's, I, I it's was so just... established and set in stone. You don't. You're not trying to sell people Diablo. People are going to buy Diablo. You're not trying to sell people. Anything. Like people are going to buy the stuff now. Ch- right? Chances are, if you drop $200 to go to BlizzCon, you probably already have Diablo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're <laughs> buying whatever Blizzard puts out. Yeah. But no, Scott, you, you, you bring up an interesting point in that there's so much that we know about now that will all be out by then, mm-hmm. and we don't know any of the stuff that's supposed to come after yet. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any date that happens after BlizzCon that we know that we have on the calendar for some Blizzard release of some sort. Well, you know that so old, there has to be something. That old leaked calendar they that came out a long time ago, and I remember it had something about like StarCraft Valkyrie in it uh, that ended up being nothing, or it was a s- expansion with a you know with just a code name. But it was it was an interesting list because it kind of had I want to say Pandaria through Warlords maybe. Lots of code names and lots of dates, but now that leaked calendar I think is essentially over, and we don't mm-hmm. have any more hints at anything. So if they've got other cards up their sleeve about a new genre that they want to take on, or more mobile plans, or expansions to big franchises like Diablo, we we have no idea. And it seems like all the cards are on the table, like everything's yeah. out uh, for the most part yeah. and it's all a known quantity and we kind of know Overwatch what everything's going to be out all of it yeah so it's just a weird yeah. it's a weird uh i say this every year i feel like but i feel like this is a weird year for blizzcon not in a bad way just in a it's very interesting to me to see what this looks like this year because it's going to be different maybe it wasn't all that different from last year because last year it was still it was we were living in a world of known quantities we just won't have as many of those things released by the time we get there this november and yeah. um yeah, it's crazy here. Weird time. Well, frame. but we okay. So the the big stuff from last year, right, was really just just uh, Overwatch, right? <laughs> I mean, that was <laughs> kind of. I think so. Yeah, like that what was else? Big though. It was huge. It was great. Yeah. And we've since played the beta a lot. And uh, by the way, I want to recommend people if you uh, haven't done this, take a minute, go find those original gameplay videos that Blizzard released when they were first talking about Overwatch. Watch those now compared to what you're seeing in either video captured or your actual beta time in the game now. It's weird. That is a weird experience. <laughs> it looks like everything's stiff and kind of like boring. And and we all thought it looked super rad the first time we saw it. But they've been polishing that thing like a like a diamond. And it's looking really, really good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll talk more about that in a sec. So 4th and 5th of November in Anaheim, California. The tickets go on sale in two batches. The first batch is on Wednesday, April 20th at 7 p.m. Pacific time and Saturday, April 23rd, that following Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific. And they're 199 each. I think that holds with last year's price. Uh, were they less or more last year or the same? I know they weren't more. They're the same. Okay. They've been, I think they've been 199 for, for this is the third year in a row, I believe. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, no virtual ticket information yet, but that's coming soon. I suspect it'll be the usual 49. You'll get the, you know, the pet and all the stuff you always get. And um, all the direct TV logos you can stomach. Yep. Taking up half the screen, covering up all the avatars. <laughs> it's just like the worst, you know, think of the worst Twitch stream where someone decides their camera is the most important part and they put a, <laughs> fill up like half the screen. Sometimes it feels like those logos are, are doing that. So anyway, there's that. All right, let's talk about a big controversy swirling around the world of Warcraft. Ironically, it's not in any official capacity, but the Nostralarius server. Am I saying that right? Nostralarius. Nostr- Nostalarius. 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 
I don't know how they say it. Hey, guys, have a better server name. Anyway, (laughs) it's getting shut down. This is a non-official original vanilla WoW server that kind of took on a life of its own and became the number one place to go. There are reportedly up to 100,000 people using this uh, not-sanctioned server, running vanilla software, people building characters, running the game, and so on. And um, it got shut down. So I'm going to read a little bit from the letter that they wrote to their community, which says this. Dear community, for over a year, you have been part of an extraordinary journey, a journey back in the early days of our beloved game, a journey in which hundreds of thousands of people took part in, uh, in, in, in together, something that we had never seen before, either on retail or private servers. Together, we build a strong community, shared values, and common genuine interest for the wonderful game created by Blizzard. Yesterday, we received a letter of formal notice from U.S. and French lawyers acting on behalf of Blizzard Entertainment, uh, preparing to stand trial against our hosting company, OVH, and ourselves in less than a week from now. Uh, it goes on to sort of explain some of that, but they have to shut it down is the bottom line. Um, they're being forced legally to not have this server anymore. And as of 2,300 hours uh, server time on the 10th of April, 2016, the assuming the hosting company even keeps it up that long, the server goes down and there's no more. It caused a real big stink. And I wanted to talk about whether or not this is uh, what does it mean? First of all, you've you've done something based on partly on nostalgia, and part of it maybe on you know maybe there's a real strong belief by a bunch of players that Vanilla WoW was the best state of the game, and that's where they want to spend their time, and they don't like where WoW has gone since. It's a it's a fair argument to make if that's your argument, I suppose. Uh, but it's clearly against terms of service. It is absolutely not something Blizzard wants. It's their game they want to control. It's an online game. The whole point of it is to have servers they control, they add to and take from and everything else. Is Do these guys, do, does the freak out have, um, I don't know, are, are these guys uh, victims here? Because they no. did this thing. Like <laughs> no. I, I'm having a hard time. I, I, like I feel, I feel for players who feel like they've got something that's being taken from them, but it was never yours to have, right? Like it, it wasn't theirs to take in the first place. They're just literally, uh, yeah, pirating the, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I get it that it's sad for them because they had fun. And they, they were enjoying themselves, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but there's not any, you know, maybe they, they can make the argument, well, we wouldn't be playing WoW anyway if we couldn't play it this way. So we're not really, like, taking anything away from, that might be an argument you could make. Mm-hmm. Uh, that now, without the ability to play it this way, they won't play it at all. So it wasn't. You know, I'm sure that in, in, in their own mind, they think we're not taking money out of Blizzard's pocket because we're just playing it the way we want to and we wouldn't play it anyway. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, maybe that's true, but it doesn't really change the fact that it, to me, this is like if Blizzard just allows this, if Blizzard just says, yeah, OK, whatever you can do that. That just basically tells people that they can just do whatever they want. Right. Mm-hmm. With their Blizzard stuff. And that seems like a weird precedent. Yeah, it just seems like you're supposed to do this as a company, right? In the kind of Blizzard world we live in now, where all of their multiplayer games are, you know, always online kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if we were if they, we still had the the type of world where we could all share our StarCraft disc at our LAN party one night and just play over our local area network, I would be surprised to see this news. But the fact that uh, Blizzard, I mean, Blizzard's been cracking down on this for for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, that's that, the other thing is this one's only significant because it was such a large population in such a, such a short amount of time. Yeah, and I think yeah, I'm that, not, I'm not saying I like it. By the way, I I think these private servers are kind of cool, and I I find it fascinating that they exist. It's definitely not something that's for me. Although I don't know, who knows? Maybe if 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 you told me, hey Garrett, there's a a server that hasn't gone past Lich King that has a hundred thousand people playing on it, 
You might look. I'd be tempted to go check it out. Yeah, you might go log on. You know, all you need is your client. Right. And uh, right. their server uh, does whatever it does. Or I assume it does. I don't know. Is there like a, I don't know enough about this, but maybe there's like s- some secret client you have to download like that has the, I, well, actually, I'm sure that's true because the code for the current game is not going to work. So they yeah. probably either have you install your vanilla disks again, and that's all you ever do, like an unpatched, uh, you know, 1.2 well, or something. I've never played on any of these servers, but from what I hear, there's a lot of weird stuff going on because it isn't, you know, it isn't supported in the same way. Mm. And it's kind of patchworked, put together. And um, actually, someone in the chat room, I think, just said it. I've seen screenshots. It looks laughably bad. Yeah. Well, so, it, and I'm I sure, mean, it's, you know. but you know, that people, people were having fun. I get that. And I'm not, I don't think these people are bad people for wanting to play Vanilla WoW. I don't think any of that. But I also think that. Blizzard is in their right to to shut this down, this and they're is, gonna. This is if they're a corporation with interests that aren't. Um, oh, you know, yeah, we want to support your your nostalgic play of having a, a of a server. And I know it's not as simple as that, but in Blizzard's case, it, it is for their business and the way that model works. Why wouldn't they? Why would they let this stand? Like mm-hmm. if you were them and you were that company, you'd shut you down too. So so yeah. everybody wants to treat this like some kind of big anarchy moment. And I and I'm having a little trouble with that. And I know that's just the internet in general, and I'm not trying to be naive to that. But, um, but guys, it's just uh, you know, what did you expect them? I guess I, that's what I would ask is, what did you expect? I think they knew this day was coming. Yeah. Right. I yeah. think the people there who were playing it knew this day was coming. It sucks for them, but you can't really be surprised that your your illegal playing of this game without paying. And actually, you don't pay to play on these servers at all. I don't, I don't think there's... I think it's just... There's oh, no monthly just, anything. There's no whatever. So It may take donations um, or something to keep servers I'm sure up. they took donations because yeah, no, a dozen the people, people you know, provide some serious servers. But yeah, um, yeah no, I'm, I'm, again, not surprised. Blizzard's completely within their right. Uh, I, you know, personally would have liked it better if they just left them alone. Who cares? Because I'm, I'm definitely of the mind like, I'm pretty sure the people who went this far out of their way mm-hmm. uh, to go play this bizarre backdoor version of the game probably weren't going to go play regular WoW anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, no. But at the same time, yeah. Like, it's a precedence thing. It's just a precedence thing. Here, here's a good example. If Steve-O from Jackass, remember him? If Steve-O's mm-hmm. on a skateboard and he's flying down a road naked as fast as he can trying to avoid traffic, and one of the times he gets hit by a car, we shouldn't be surprised. So I guess that's what I'm saying. It's a fun thing. It sounds great. It looks good. It's funny on tape. But at the end of the day, you kind of knew the risks. And I think these guys had to know the risks. Like yeah. you're you're dealing, you're living in a, a world of uh, laws that are in place, and they have the legal right to shut you down. And I don't know why anyone's acting shocked or surprised. That's my well. Now it also sounds to me like Blizzard isn't necessarily going after them monetarily. They're saying we will if you don't shut it down. But here, if you shut it down. We all walk away. Yeah, they're not being a-holes about it. They're basically just like a cease and desist. They're saying if you stop now, then we won't. Yeah. You know, we're not going to. And I think, you know, if we really look at at Blizzard overall, they've been pretty good in my eyes about a lot of things. And at this point in the gaming world, it's very strange. Do you guys remember when Let's Plays and all that kind of stuff started? Mm -hmm. And there was just a big argument about whether, like, does, does the company that made the game own this footage? Am I allowed to now go make money like showing me play your video game mm-hmm. and now I get the money from that video? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got to a point where, yes, you do get the money. But like, how far do we go where the game is just not owned at all by the company, right? How far do we go here? It's like, oh, well, you can actually make servers of my game, put it out there for people to play 
our game mm -hmm. and we get nothing from that. Like that seems like that's just like that's just a bit too far. Well, there's the some line, there's some legal know? legal precedents in the past for trying to preserve um, parts of whether it be commerce or whatever. Like if, if people want to preserve old jazz records from the 20s, like wax cylinders, uh, that seems like that's in the public good to do that. It doesn't necessarily. Well, there's take, a hundred year rule, right? Like th there's definitely that. Yeah. Public domain or whatever. But, but see, that's yeah. the problem. And I and I guess what I think the Internet will find a way. So I'm not that worried about this. But games are in a place where, because of online t connectivity being standard for a lot of games, I mean, that was an uproar in 2012. Now it's just kind of standard practice. Uh, mm -hmm. So many different games do that. How will you preserve a particular year of Madden? Or how will you preserve a particular build of World of Warcraft? And then, what, you know, think about how many variations that could actually be. Is someone sure. keeping track of the alpha state? Is Blizzard doing it? Should someone else? Should we even be worried about having historical snapshots of this stuff? In a yeah, that's that's way. the conversation about the around this that really intrigues me, which is this kind of like digital, you know, archival movement. Um, because I think there should, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, you know, I think this to me, Blizzard should see this and be like, hey, there's a market for this. Maybe we should offer this officially through us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe, if but if it's 150,000 people, um, and the and the game still has millions, right? Mm -hmm. It it's a drop in the bucket essentially, but I, I see what you're saying. And I think that there is something there for sure that people like this mm -hmm. and the people yeah, well, I mean, I, like, if you think about it going forward, I mean, I'm sure there, there's gotta be a way where there's probably not a lot of extra work for you to, to do it. I mean, it's probably, it'll probably be a pain now to go back if they don't have stuff like that saved. But I mean, if you can have a stable version of the game that you only need to, you know, update a little bit for graphics drivers and new OSs, but for the most part, nothing really changes. Mm -hmm. Well, they've got that, uh, they've got that essentially that classics division now, right? Where they're doing. R right, right. You know, I mean, we just saw Warcraft a patch for Warcraft 3 and, 3 and Diablo yeah. 2 two weeks ago. Yeah, First check in, in Vanilla WoW. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. 150,000 yeah, people can't be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. that's a really interesting point, uh, a point of view, actually. In 20 years, what does Warcraft even look like? It probably looks like the most ancient thing ever, just like, you know, three lost vikings looks really ancient now or whatever so so it's not i don't think it's that crazy to think that in theory blizzard could either sell that or have that as this old ancient thing that you could run in a browser or whatever 3d holographic thing we're using then i mean i personally think it would be awesome i mean i the, the only thing that the only reason i'm siding whoa, the only reason I'm, <laughs> get my mic out of here. the only reason i'm siding with blizzard on this is because that is that they are correct. They are right right now in this. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that the other people are wrong. You know what I mean? Like there's not like the other people just wanted to play. Wow. And they right. wanted to play it the way that they wanted to play it. Right. Yeah. That, that was the only way to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not wrong for that. Mm -hmm. It's just that they're not right. I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing. It's, yeah. I don't think there's what they want. What, a, what they want is a noble thing. What they can legally have is very different right now. Yes. And yes. Blizzard gets to make the call. I don't fault the them for wanting what they want. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, and imagine if you know, they I'm said, hey. Say, oh, just because it's illegal or whatever, no one should have it. Because screw that. I think lots of illegal things people should have. Yeah. But in this particular <laughs> case, I understand why, why Blizzard went after this. Dills, so could you go deeper this. down yeah, that hole? What illegal things <laughs> do you think people should have? You know, I'll hold that at, at four minutes and 20 seconds, you can tell us in the show here. Four twenty. Cuban cigars. That's what I was talking about. Oh, okay. About. All right. Cuban cigars. Okay. But, uh, but no, that's a really that's a really interesting point. It's all about precedent setting, in my opinion. If Blizzard, if Blizzard said today, uh, you know what? Have your vanilla servers. This is great. We think you guys are rad. Because they probably actually kind of do. Like internally, if you ask Blizzard guys, they're probably like, that's kind of cool they're doing that. They probably would do it. But the precedent set yeah. from that would mean all sorts of problems like 
uh, hey, I just bought Overwatch. I'm going to make my own custom server. I'm going to have to jank it around a little bit to make it work, but I got it working. And guess what? On that server, there's all this stuff going on that you never get in the other game. And pretty soon you're you making... You want more tracer butt? We've got the tracer butt exactly. server. <laughs> all the tracer butt you can have. I almost said eat. I won't say that. <laughs> oh, wow. I know. I, I went there. I went there. I didn't mean to. Family um, show. Family show. Any... <laughs> clean tag. Give you, when you give us a one-star <laughs> review because we don't talk about WoW enough, remember, clean tech. Uh, anyway, so that's that's a thing, and I thought it was interesting. Uh, it is interesting, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah I, uh, I find it really interesting as well. Uh, I think what is... if this is the beginning of Blizzard saying, well, we're just taking back Vanilla WoW? Oh. What if this is the step in that? It could be. It could be them saying, look, this is our nope. classic game to re-release, not yours. Okay. Do you think, though, if they did, let, let's say Blizzard actually puts out Vanilla WoW. Yeah. Uh, there, there is a part of me that thinks that some of these people just wanted to kind of play this version because this was them sticking it to the man a little bit. Yeah. If Blizzard put it out, they'd be like, "This isn't the vanilla WoW I wanted." I will bet you, didn't you. quite give us exactly vanilla WoW. You changed the, you know, whatever. The graphics are updated. I'll bet it's seventy-five percent of those hundred thousand people have a little bit of that in them a little bit to a lot there's some range of yeah. like yeah i'm sticking it to the man or they changed too much or my memory of the game was better and and this is how yeah. i'm going to get back what i want you know it's like when you're a little kid and you and you do something you're not supposed to and you get that feeling Ooh, i got away with it yep yep see yeah i like that Getting feeling. Away yeah. with it is part of but the then a hundred thousand of your friends uh <laughs> show up to get away with it with you and that draws yeah. just a little bit of attention uh, that's the other thing that's the other thing keep it a little more quiet guys you know just... that's that's what I, I look at this i'm like everyone everyone here i think is technically right blizzard's 100 within their right to shut this down i think these guys they're totally fine i get it uh you just got too big yeah <laughs> you just got yeah. too big you i think big. if uh i think if they, we were looking at like Five thousand people. I don't think this would have made the news. Well, chat rooms. Chat room was saying that it was one hundred fifty thousand on this server, but playing vanilla WoW across all the servers is like closer to eight hundred thousand or something like that. So, so more. Somebody said that number in chat. I, I don't know exactly where. But but look at Here this. Mike and Apollo, eight hundred thousand unique accounts. Okay, so if that's the case, I don't know where you're getting those numbers, but let's say that's the case. Think about I what that means it. for WoW in general. Like this is almost a problem Blizzard wants because what it means is. They're the biggest thing MMOs ever had. It's the best we ever could do. And they're still the biggest MMO despite being half by number in the last year. And they're the fact that they have more players playing on illegal servers than EverQuest has playing total on their legal servers is kind of insane to think about. So this mm. is a, an embarrassment of numbers kind of problem for Blizzard. And I, you know, I think people were just looking for something to get riled up about, to be honest, because there's just not a lot going on exactly. Well... I mean, I talked about this when we had the whole conversation with Patrick, and some people tweeted at me about that, that they really enjoyed that. But the back and forth about why all these changes that we've talked about on the show that have happened over years, mm -hmm. these incremental kind of changes, have taken the massive multiplayer part out of World of Warcraft in a way. Mm -hmm. Because now you just queue and you never leave your home city, and you, you go from the bank to the mailbox and back to the bank, and then you click a button and, you know... And then you're in whatever thing you want to do. Now you don't ever leave your garrison. Like, you know, it's just all of the changes that they've made have been these kind of little quality of life changes. And then over time, it's not the massively multiplayer thing anymore. And that's what that I should, think these people are seeking out, right? Is yeah, that, it made the world, they, they have made the world feel small. And there has been yeah. a little bit of pushback on that from Blizzard, case in point, flying mounts. You yeah. know, we're not having, we're never going to have the cataclysm issue. Can they again. take away the queuing? Can they ever get back to, like, you know, that. There was a point in World of Warcraft where 
if you didn't have people to play with, you had to seek out the people to play with. And now no one plays with anybody. They, you know, everybody's just an anonymous. That's just the yeah, warrior. If you're not, if you're not rating, stuff, like if you're not specifically rating with your friends, you're, you're right. What, what other part of the game is massively multiplayer other than, <laughs> oh, hurry up. We need to get this uh, core hound mount. So everyone camp the giant dude out. Other than people of- yelling at you to, to get kicked from the group or whatever, because you're not doing enough DPS in raid finder. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, that's basically the the multiplayer experience now. I think that's yeah. what a lot of people are not enjoying anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah, the, the way that uh the way that you had to move around the world for for everything in in uh in Vanilla and in Burning Crusade. That's why when I watch the Warcraft movie trailer, I get excited because I recognize the locations that they're at. It's like, "Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I remember I had to, you know, I had to freaking, you know, take a damn griffin through Deadwind Pass every time I wanted to go ra- raid Karazhan, and that's now burned into my mind. They feel like real places to me. But if if they were to, you know, if they the movies go on and on and eventually end up on Draenor, <laughs> I don't really I don't have a really good sense in my mind of the layout of Draenor like I do for Outland and for Azeroth. Well, they'll have to shoot Draenor similar to Batman v Superman where basically they just go from scene to scene with no rhyme or reason why they got from one place to the next. Yeah, and then uh <laughs> and then one orc and another orc and talk about their mom's name. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> your name, your mother's name is Agra? No way. <laughs> Same with mine. Let's be friends. Why did you say that name? Oh, it's Let's be worst. friends, Garage. It's the freaking worst. Um, all right, let's talk about Mythic Rating. Uh, there's some bunch of stuff happened between last time we did the show and now regarding what is being referred to by Blizzard as Mythic Plus uh, Rating or Dungeons. Uh, so here's the deal. Mythic Halls and Valor are open for testing. Uh, of Valor, rather. Uh, is open for testing on the on the PTR right now. You can access it by setting dungeon difficulty to mythic, speaking to the venerable Nexus Lord Don John Raid Sr. Then talking him up, blah, blah, blah. He'll send you to the thing. Now, here's the deal. When you go in there, uh, you'll find the dungeon is uh, a little tougher than heroic, and it's on a weekly uh, lockout. You'll drop loot, or it will drop loot once the loot is hooked up. Uh, You'll uh, Pretty similar to the way mythics and Draenor work today. Nothing to get too excited about. And then they said this. What's odd about this thing is this little challenger's pedestal sitting there near the start of the zone. And you go over there and you decide if you want to click that thing and affix a bunch of challenging stuff to yourself. So imagine, I'm trying to think of a good way to compare this. It's like, it's a new little layer of hard mode or or a harder mode for mythic players who really, really want to go for the ultimate challenge. There's six layers of it. And it's things like, imagine basically debuffs. So your whole team suffers from, I don't know, some kind of plague the entire time, and they have to fight through it. Um, they actually detail those here. Let's see. Um, it's like Diablo Greater Rift. Yes, yes. That's before. exactly it. Yeah, That's and you're it, just yeah. basically, as you move up the torment levels, instead of moving up torment levels, you're debuffing your own It's like you're, you're adding negative affixes. Uh, mm-hmm. against yourself yeah it's and if you cool. succeed your keystone will be upgraded to the next power level or by multiple steps if you really uh, crush the timer if you're using a fresh keystone i.e the one that hasn't been used to start uh, a failed run at that power level you also find a loot chest waiting for you at the end it'll be empty but imagine that has a ton of loot this is just for temp for for testing it's empty when the game launches it'll have it in there at power level three you'll see your first affix modifier on the keystone at level six you will see a second but apparently it's really really hard like really hard, and those who have already been testing it are are kind of freaking it, uh, freaking out about it. So, for example, available at level three plus, you get tyrannical bosses have significantly more health and damage. 
Uh, another one you can affix is bolstering. Non-boss enemies will buff nearby allies' health and damage when defeated. Um, yeah, this feels like it feels like the way that that uh, those those greater rifts work. Honestly, but this this is good because I mean, for people who want a challenge, here's your challenge. For people who don't care, you don't you don't have to do it. I think it's great. I I, I like this. I want more. I I want more progression within the game in all facets, right? And I think that's what a lot of people are talking about when they talk about right now the game has what feels like less end game than it used to. Mm-hmm. But really the end game just used to take longer, right? And I think that's that's the argument that a lot of people are missing is is that it's not necessarily that there's less end game, it's just that we get to the end of it faster now because of all the tools put in place, you know. Mm-hmm. There's less running around and all that kind of stuff. There's just more queuing up and going. Mm-hmm. So the more end, like I think at this point, Blizzard has to just add more levels and more levels and more levels to everything to really up that end game and give the the top end players the feel of progression mm-hmm. past just the the normal hard stuff. It has yeah. to get really hard. Yeah, and this all sounds very punishing, and that's what a lot of people want. It's not really my bag punishing of chips. And rewarding. Yeah, it's not really my bag of cheese exactly, but I'm but I understand the people who want that, so I say go for it. All right, we're gonna talk a bit about Overwatch. Uh, ranked play is in. They call it competitive. And I really like what we're seeing. I think it's uh, pretty great so far. Kaplan had a bunch of stuff to say about it in a developer video. He also said something in the video that um, he kept talking about the perspective of the game from a viewer, not a player. He just kept dropping a little conversation like this. And I think it's not an overt admission, but it sure does seem like they're very interested in going as esports as possible with Overwatch. And he just kept saying things like the point of view of the watcher. It's not it's not fun to watch a match end with uh, one of those timer runs. We'd rather see a sudden death match on a control point or or whatever. So people viewing the game are going to want to watch this or that. And I kept thinking, dude, you're basically I mean, that that is good. I think that they're basically just laying it out as plain as day that they want this to be a competitive, watchable, broadcastable esport. Sure. Um, when they. uh when they announced it mm-hmm. two BlizzCons ago, and they had a shoutcasted game with what was clearly uh, already built observer mode, there was no doubt in my mind. Yeah, Especially after going clear. to Hearthstone when that came out without one, yeah. and then we're all sitting there for months on end screaming, "Where's our observer mode?" Yeah, yeah. And then we've got Overwatch uh, announced, and they even during the announcement said, "Hey, it's not coming out anytime soon." Yet they already have an observer mode. Yeah. In a brand new, you know, a brand new uh, game that they built from scratch. Mm. Like well, they learned a lot from Hearthstone, I think, because mm-hmm. not giving us one at the beginning, and then the one that we ended up getting is clearly kind of shoehorned in mm-hmm. because it wasn't built to yeah, include it in the first yeah, place. It's, it's still, it could still, uh, it still needs a lot of work. Like, yeah. yeah, but this Overwatch one, I don't know if you guys have messed with it. They did some improvements to it in the last patch. The Overwatch Observer is really, really nice. Yeah. And you get to kind of use it just as a play. Let's say if you join a party, mm-hmm. you're not in the party yet. Yeah. Uh, they're already in a game or something. You you just jump in and you're observing the match. Mm-hmm. And it feels really, really natural to be jumping around from player to player. And also, of course, Blizzard has to look at CSGO and understand that shooting games are a huge esport. And yeah. it just is a genre that works very well. So... How are we going to make sure that we jump right in and are ready to compete? Um, yeah, for sure. I guess I was just surprised to hear everything was kind of coded in this language about viewers. And I just, I don't know, in my head, it's like, oh, the developers and designers are so focused on how the thing plays that someone else will work on the the logistics of how do we make this a broadcastable, you know, 
uh, casty game and and it seems like that's that's it's baked in like they're all very interested in it from the get-go which is good um so here's gonna, a, oh go ahead i think we're gonna see more of this as we go forward with any any you know triple a studios that are putting out games that they they think is going to be competitive because esports there it's it's a thing now it has arrived it is if you are a, a pc gamer of any sort you've probably at least seen one uh, twitch stream in your life so uh, I, I think that's you know that's something you're going to consider because you don't want your you don't want your sport to not be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. What's the point of that exactly? That would suck. Um, yeah. Well, this this with, is what uh, World of Warcraft suffers from right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's we we've entered a world where the game can't just be fun to play anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. The game has to be fun to watch now. Yeah. And that is just that is now the landscape of of gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitch had a lot to do with that, but I think it was just kind of inevitable. You know. Yeah, we were all, getting there. All the ex-girlfriends of the world who sat there for hours watching their boyfriends <laughs> play GTA were like, "You know what? We got to do something about this." And I think secretly, there's a secret society of ex-girlfriends somewhere yeah. that have decided we have to make video games fun to watch. They're so here we are, a bunch of extra money from it. It's in some ways, it's kind of some ways it kind of bugs me that there are certain, especially indie titles, that are clearly made so that a YouTuber will play it on their channel. Like they, the game design is influenced more by which one of these will PewDiePie play and not so much which one of these will be fun because sometimes well, they, they don't even have to finish the game really it just yeah. has to be quirky and weird mm-hmm. yeah sometimes <laughs> I worry about that scream a lot. Yeah. yeah I worry about that a little bit because it influences design but not in this case I mean we're talking but they about... also there's there's a big argument I don't know if, did we talk about it on this show maybe we did but that these kind of linear games suffer mm. because people don't even buy the game they just watch someone do a oh, playthrough yeah, we did talk about that yeah. and then they're yeah and they're like cool satisfied yeah i saw the story i know what it was, it was that uh, the guy that did the, the indie game about his son having cancer which was a pretty interesting compelling game but mm-hmm. they were they were up not upset but basically they were laying out the numbers saying when you guys play our games on youtube or whatever and you play it to completion and you've provided perhaps a hundred thousand people with the experience they have no no reason to go get the game you made a bunch of money from your youtube channel we got nothing we we yeah. sold the game isn't once. Isn't that in a in a uh, maybe this is too simplistic of an analogy, but isn't that a bit like an an author being pissed off at Wikipedia? Um, it uh no yes and no because if you're making a video game, it's a it's a full time focus, right? And your only way of being compensated for that game so that you can make more games is to get mm-hmm. paid for that, right? If your book. So so let's use your example. If you're an author and your book ends up, Andy Weir's entire uh, Martian book ends up on on uh, Wikipedia, yes, that's a problem. Because now everyone's reading his book for free that he created, and now he, can, he, can, he can't be an author anymore. If it's uh, an author who said, I don't know, who had just some commentary about why he doesn't like Charlie Sheen, and that ends up on Wikipedia, I don't think it's in the same category. But mm-hmm. it's, it's any, I just think anytime you want to, I mean, I don't know what you got, you and I and Dills and everybody, you know, that we work with, we're all involved in the business of lots and lots of free content for a comparatively small return, but we do it a out of passion, but B we, it's enough that we can figure it out. Right. We can make it work. Um, right. If you're, if, if it was, I mean, imagine putting out something like, you know, a book where you have got a ton of costs involved, not just digital, but all the costs of printing actual physical books and everything. And if somebody could just read it to you if that was popular to just read you a book on on youtube that would suck for that author because yeah. why go read why go get his book now now you've had an audiobook version of it for free nobody paid for anything 
everything should be free, anarchist internet. But in the end of the day, they got to get paid. So I, I guess I'm. There is a beautiful world out there where you know everybody does doesn't have to get paid, mm-hmm. but that that's we're not we're nowhere near that. Point. Yeah, we're not there so yet. Everyone need everyone got to get paid. Yeah, this our utopian society is still it's yeah. coming, but it ain't here yet. <laughs> uh, Star Trek. It's a long you know, ways off. It'll be after all of us are gone. I'm yeah, sure. I mean, even Star Trek had to backpedal. They had you know next generation. Nobody had to worry about money. Nobody got paid for anything. Everything's replicated. It's just all about exploring and doing good in the universe. And then they mm-hmm. turn right around with DS9, and everyone's got to worry about gold press latinum and people smuggling shit <laughs> i know what was up with that yeah suddenly people trading yeah yeah because uh, i don't know I mean, bar all the time like I, I don't know it's it's maybe never a future we get is what i'm getting at we'll see i'm trying to be positive about it <laughs> we'll see if you if you guys lived in that future would, would you join would you join the federation uh yeah go i mean be an ensign and go to you know if the federation the was academy and all that this is the problem if the federation is basically the government i guess they're not though like how? What are they? Because the government is they, like they kind of are. They're like the UN or something. But if the UN was something everyone actually connected with, I don't know. You just it's have weird. to trust it, and that's all. And that's the tricky part because no one trusts politicians. Nobody trusts trusts. It's it's like the government. If it, they, it, were it's hard to consider in the, the day and age that we are government. currently living in. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's yeah, hard right with now, our incredibly like, no. cynical view of the government right. to uh, to consider that. Personally, I would just be sitting there really angry that we ended up in Star Trek future instead of Star Wars future. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's just a different story because Star Wars future is more like swashbuckling and uh, you know smuggling and all that. It's just a very different version. Yeah, you need credits to live in that world. Man. Yeah. It, see, I watch I watch Star the- Trek, and and to me, Star Trek just seems like propaganda made by the villains in the Firefly universe. <laughs> yeah. It's like no, see, our giant unified corporation is uh, we're doing good in the universe, but I'm yeah. sure there's just some well, dude flying around. In a- yeah. There's there, there's some Nathan Fillion out there that they're just not focusing on uh-huh. who's actually oppressed by all of them. Well, there's definitely pirates, yeah. But the, it's always funny when they show the just like the people. Uh, you know, so like they'll show like someone's parents or something just live a peaceful life where they wear nothing but like weird cloaks all the time and <laughs> moccasins or whatever, and they and then they come out of their house just to get blown up or something in some terrible <laughs> tragedy. Yeah. And that's their life is I guess they're, you know, yeah. They're just making a lot of Earl Grey hot. There's and, some there's and, some nice ideals in Star Trek, but if you really start yeah. breaking it down, you're like, oh yeah, there's some there's some missing pieces here in this here puzzle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's really going on here? Yeah. It seems it seems a, a bit like uh basic human nature gets kind of glazed over a bit. Well as as Boba Fett said He's no good to me dead. Uh, let's see. Let's move on to... Oh, so here are the requirements for you to play in uh, competitive in Overwatch. You need to be level 25. Kaplan says oh. that's uh seems like a nice number. They're, they're, you know, nothing's final because they're still in beta. But it does. feels good to me. Um, it I doesn't like. take that long to get to 25 if you're really playing. Yeah, you know? and, and, it, and it's enough time to be good enough, I think, at 25 to, to start entering the fray. You've yeah, seen all so the heroes, you know. Yeah. yeah, it's just so you've put in enough time to have a, a decent grasp on the game as a whole. So you're not, you're not jumping into your first competitive game being like, uh, what's a payload map guys. Yeah. Can someone explain yeah. this to me. That's the worst. Nobody wants to yeah. be doing that. No, yeah. no you don't and trust be, me. You'll be you having so much fun getting to 25. You won't care. It's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll handle groups of any number. So we want a solo queue. Great. You want to do two, three, four, five, or even six. No problem. They, they feel confident enough in both their numbers and their matching system that they'll be fine with whatever those groups are. So I hope that that holds. Uh, given the struggles they've had with that in Hero League in Heroes. 
Um, attack and defend maps mean you have to stay for the full rotation, so you can't just leave after an attack or you will uh, dock yourself. You need to hang in there and play both attack and defend. The way it works is if the attack... So on a map where it's, um, you know, move the payload, for example. If you're moving the payload and you win on the attack but lose on the defend, the tie break happens when you um, you end up on one of the uh, control points and it will be random and they do a sudden death overtime on a control point. Now, I don't know. He wasn't real clear about this. I don't know if that means you're just put on the spot and it's like overtime with a little fuse uh, like when you're contesting a point in the game normally at the end of a match, or if he means you're going to play a full control point match as the sudden death. That was a little bit nebulous in his video, so I'm not sure how that's going to work. Um, gotcha. Anyway, seems cool. Um, and then uh, what else? Uh, uh, oh, uh, three out of five on control maps. So for that competitive mode, that's how you'll play that. You'll need to win uh, at least three out of five. In those progression, they have five tiers of progression, five divisions per tier. You start as Division One Challenger and work your way up. They have the top one known as Heroic. And the way Heroic works is more of a rank system. So once you hit Heroic, you then get to be Heroic rank, rank 1, 2, 3, 4, and, and on. Um, gotcha. This seems really grindy, guys. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. This seems, um, it seems less... I don't know. It seems a little more in line with like the old school StarCraft one because in when StarCraft first launched, we had bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond. That was five yeah, tiers. They, they also said that it's monthly, uh, monthly, monthly seasons. seasons, at least is what they're going for. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and if it's monthly seasons, somebody broke down the numbers on this. You'd have to win 40 times to get out of Challenger. So if that's how it works, and you can't lose ranks there. But when you get up to the point where you can lose ranks, how many games are you actually going to have to win to get to like the top level? It's going to be... Well, let's say, quite it's, let's say it's uh, 10 minute games on average. I know that's not exactly right, but let's say it's 10 minutes games on average. You've got to play 40 of those. That's 400 minutes. Let's divide that by 60. But it's actually closer to 20 minutes or something because you've got to play two maps, right? That you attack and defend or whatever. Oh, you play the same point. map twice. Good right? point. Yeah, there's going to be a lot more then. But you're talking so about maybe up to I don't like know. 12 hours. That's like 12 hours of gameplay. But if if what they're going for is only the people who play the game all the time get to the top similar to say hearthstone then this will work this will do that yeah. um but the rest of the people are going to feel a little bit like there's no real point in playing competitive and they'll just kind of play for fun and whatever so i, I don't know if this is going to be what the version ends up looking like that we get in live play that i feel sounds, like there's going to be some alterations to this that sounds extreme i didn't i didn't see those statistics you're, you're mentioning 40 games just get out of the first tier seems awful and if this doesn't take into account any type of mmr and every month you are just reset to the bottom of the barrel like hearthstone mm -hmm. uh, well it's also it's it's no, not even you. 40 games it's 40 wins so if you have a, a round of 50 percent win rate that's 80 games <laughs> 80 games <laughs> yeah. you get like, out of the first tier that's like 24 hours of gameplay that's insane <laughs> That it's is a, an unrealistic expectation of your player. Basically. It kind of is. Also, now it isn't for me if you say that seasons are longer, but when you tell me they're a month, then it seems insane. Like if you right. told me seasons were every quarter, I could go, oh, okay, well, that's four quarters a year. I, I kind of get that. And if you're dedicated, you could, I could see that being accomplishable. But every month doing that, I don't know if I can do that. I know I can't. I, I do would that. like to see, I would like to see something where the top players are clearly the top players and they get to go play against each other and it's very, separated out but i hope that we don't end up with this hearthstone everyone resets now i'm playing against 
you know, Siegel or whatever, and like all these top guys, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I would like to, you know, get to a point where everyone kind of separates up, you know, and then we stay separated until I either jump leagues or they drop leagues or whatever it might be. But the way it's looking right now, it's more of like the stars in Hearthstone. And I'm not sure that really meant that gels well with this type of game. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, listen, the, the StarCraft II ladder system has its issues, but sure. I really, I don't know. I just keep coming back to that because, you know, if you ended up in gold, I, I, you, you trusted the system. You believed that that's where you belonged because the pro players were in Grandmaster. There mm-hmm. was no question. Like that part of the system did not fail. It took into account the, like how good you are and that's where you ended up. So every season... You didn't have to just grind games, grind games, grind games to get that little graphic over your name that makes you show your friends that you're not complete trash at this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I there's there's something about that that I like. I mean, obviously it play it 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 helps my play style where I don't get yeah. to play just one game. I have but no interest in playing it, just one game. Mm-hmm. the the game quality is better. I think when you're just you start the season playing against people of your skill level. Um, there's the, not this period of time. Because right now, you know, think about what Hearthstone kind of forces people to do. I think a lot of people just take off the beginning of the season, right? They wait for all the good players to get out of their lower ranks because they know that they will. And then they start to actually play. And you don't want to be encouraging your player base to not play your game. I think that's that your your ranking system is doing a negative thing, if that's the case. I really hope that they do something similar to StarCraft here in that tiered level. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you also can't when you're challenger level, the lowest one. You can't drop uh, any lower. You don't lose points. It's a it's a bit like um, it, well, it's like Hearthstone when you're rank whatever it is twenty five, and you don't want to. You know, you're not going to drop until you get into the numbers where you start dropping, and that happens at the next level. So you can drop back down to challenger from the next level up, but you can't ever drop while you're in yeah. challenger uh, any of those points or any of those sub tiers. When you get up to um, the highest ranks, though, all bets are off. You know, you start losing, you start losing. I don't know. Maybe they want to just really segregate the hardcores from the not because there is very compelling play happening in quick matches. Like, I don't want people to walk away or or think that quick match in this game is is like most quick quick matches. Um, if they're if it if it holds that they're going to have good matchmaking and however their MMR behind the scenes stuff works, I don't know. But that's a very compelling competitive game experience in its own right, and the results or the rewards are also really strong. Um, they're not as the rewards, for example, are not as strong and competitive. You made a point of saying, I cannot emphasize enough that we think the rewards of this competitive mode are the competitive mode in that we're providing a thing for you to compete this, this hard with, with those who are of your, you know, of your similar skill, that it's a reward unto itself. Whereas most of the rewards, uh, you know, skins and, and credits to buy more skins and all the stuff you're going to get cosmetically most of that stuff is going to stay and remain in quick match. So, so I feel like maybe they're just trying to create a real divider here and just say, hey, hardcores, yeah. this is for you. Uh, hey, everybody else, here's this. Um, well, then I need to, we still need to see what the, what the actual reset, if it is monthly seasons, really looks like. Because if it's a full reset, that's not doing that at all. Mm-hmm. It's not dividing the player base. It's, everyone comes back, you know? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I, I, I'm totally fine with the fact that you level up to get skins and stuff like that. That's fine. You could separate those two things in competitive play. I can see the ranking just being the reward. But I really think if they're going to do one-month seasons, we need to have uh, you, you come back only a certain amount 
some sort of divisions that the the good players just never end up playing. Uh, the really bad players, the uh, or the or even average players. But the one thing too is people complain about the matchmaking now, and we can't really judge that at all until there's more players playing the game too. Right. So everything is just kind of still up in the air. All we can really do is just guess what yeah. it's going to look like. Well, you may have been wondering what the hell happened with Soldier 76 and guessing what that might have been. Turns out there was a funky bug with his new skins and they pulled him out of the game and that was weird. So I was playing the other night and I was like, this is not, I don't feel right not having him in the roster. And it's, it's not even like I was going to play with him that night, but not hearing a guy yelling, I've got you in my sights every, you know, yeah. minute and a half was really disheartening. So glad he's it back. also made fair really strong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was nobody who could shoot fair out of the sky with reliability. So yeah. He was everywhere. I did what I could with my hook, but it's not enough in the end. And Soldier yeah. 76 was missed. We're we're all soldiers now because he wasn't there. <laughs> um, anyway. I like his new skin, though. Uh, oh, it's so it made good. me wish some of the skins had uh, different voice packages because I, I want to slap on the Commando one, and I want him firing off Arnold one-liners, man. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, he's I, want all... to, I want him to, you know, he's dead tired. He's all, <laughs> he's all camoed up and... Looking like a badass. Um, all the recent skins look really great. I'm really pleased with the Junkrat stuff. Um, the last two have been really, really cool. The game just continues to look amazing, and despite a few bugs here and there, it's uh, solid as ever. But I guess that, so I guess the bug, for those who are wondering why he wasn't in the game, I guess it made him invisible in certain cases. Yeah. And there were, there that's were. essentially what was happening. His legendary skin made him inv- invisible. And, uh, well, the, the, that's, the, really that's just camouflage doing what it should be doing. Oh, is that sure. it? Okay. The camouflage is working. <laughs> yeah. It's just weird to see him sidelined. I'm glad he's back, though. Do you, do you think we're ever going to get a, a really stealth hero in uh, Overwatch? No. Let's talk about that. Stealth makes sense in a first-person shooter? Let's talk about that because I think the stealth is no fun in first-person shooters. I think it's annoying and not fun. It's already annoying enough to have the backline attackers that we have in the game, but I, but I think they're smarter designs than just going pure stealth. I think Tracer... Uh, to a big degree, uh, Reaper and Genji, they do what you want a stealth player to do without being so freaking annoying and being invisible. Yeah. I don't Agreed. think we need it or want it. Yeah. Well said. Everything Scott said plus one. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you yeah. argue that the the design of these characters? I feel like that's a design philosophy there. I, I nobody said as much, but I just get the feeling that sure this has been on the table. I'm 100 percent sure they have talked about what is stealth like in this game. And I'll bet they just kept coming back to, can we be a little more creative than that? Can we come up with other ways to get in the back line and to surprise people from the rear? And Reaper's just like a revelation in terms of that kind of gameplay. Um, He has invulnerability for a short period of time, which Mm -hmm. gets him wherever he wants to go. I I, I agree. I think there's other ways to do what stealth essentially does in a lot of games, Mm -hmm. which is just allow you to get to places on the map that you wouldn't be able to get to normally, right? Mm -hmm. But the problem is when you can just jump when you can just appear behind someone in a first-person shooter, there is like no response. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be a very weak character in all other respects if you had the stealth ability. And maybe one day we see something along those lines where someone is just really, really squishy, doesn't have a lot of, you know, they can't really move around too quickly, and they can pop up and they can maybe get, gank somebody, but they're going to go down. And this, I, I just hope we don't see that because I, I agree with you guys. I think. It doesn't work as well in this genre of game. Oh, I'm looking for shimmers and just, uh, I just hate it. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, I, yeah, I'm not I, that I will, I won't say that the spy isn't done pretty well in TF2, given that he's a, he can employ stealth and the way they handle it is okay. But he's still the most annoying thing in that game and I can't, I can't deal with it. I don't want to play that guy. 
Actually, the way yeah. that do they wait? No, he doesn't go full stealth, does he? Are there times when he goes full stealth? Yeah, there is. He can go full stealth, but he also does the thing where he impersonates somebody else. That yes. kind of thing is kind of cool. I wouldn't mind an impersonation mechanic in the game, but I sure. don't. Want, I just don't want invisible people. It already sucks in Heroes. Let's not do it here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wait, Team Fortress yeah. had an invisible guy, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what we're just talking yeah, about. Yeah, the spy. Oh, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. No, 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 you're fine. I, I think the spy. No. I think the spy did invisibility. I, I didn't play a lot of TF2, so I don't know. I think he did a little bit of both. He was like an impersonator and invisibility, but now it's been so long, I don't remember. I just remember him from the uh, from the little uh, mobile game where they had the TF2 team. You oh, guys what remember was that, that game, dude? Heroes Academy. Kind of in the mood for that. Hero Academy, yeah. So they had the TF2 team, and it had the little guy who would get behind you and backstab you and stuff. Yeah. I don't fun. believe he can go stealth. I think it's just the disguise mechanic. Was that it? Oh. Okay. Maybe I remember yeah. wrong. But man. Chat room's questioning, and I just pulled up the wiki because it's been a while since I played TF2 as well. Yeah, I couldn't remember. But I'll tell you what. Hero Academy. Oh, man. <laughs> that was so much fun. I, you know, you can download that game on Steam and play it uh, like on your computer. Really? Yeah. Oh, here it is. It yeah. doesn't quite translate as well though because the the best thing about hero academy was that you would make a bunch of moves and then put it put your phone back in your pocket yeah and then when next time you were kind of sitting around you'd pull it back out and you have all these moves to make you know it's like they have enough- I, I there was a time where i had like 60 games going at at any given oh, moment i remember and those days geez. so much fun yeah. dude it was such a great game i played the hell out of that game yeah last uh, update was december 6 2014 so i don't know how much, how much uh, i called it, i called it nerds with friends because he had words with friends and this was this was nerds with friends <laughs> i do love that game all right anyway i may have to play that again um, yeah, no, no, I really want to play it too. Yeah, I'm in the mood. A uh, quick note that next week, uh, specifically Tuesday, and I think I'll probably release it the same day, I'm going to sit down and have an interview about Overwatch with one of the devs on the team. Michael Chu is his name, and we will be talking uh, probably 20, 30 minutes or so uh, Tuesday morning sometime. I'll put it out on the feed. So if you're interested in more and want to hear some of the perspective of the team themselves, check back in Tuesday for that. Let's do this right here. Sweet. What's this? Right here. Whoop. Here we go. Hear ye, hear ye. Why, it's the town crier. (laughs) All right, town crier means one thing, one thing only. Well, two things, emails and calls. Uh, If you want to leave us a voicemail, 801-471-0462 or email us theinstance at gmail.com. Let's start with calls. This one's about mages. Hi, guys. This is uh, Butch, and I'm calling for the instance. Um, We were talking about on the... The last episode about the the mage that's throwing around all the blue magic, and uh, I know somebody in the in the live stream had mentioned that it could be Tadgar, and uh, you know Patrick was was saying, well, it's probably a new character that he's outraged, you know, joking around, but at the same time, there are a lot of uh, of mages in the lore that that it possibly could be. It could be Antonitis, um, you know, Jaina's uh, master. Um, I. I I was even possibly throwing around maybe it's like a young Ronin. Um, I don't know if exactly the timeline would fit, but then again, you know, it is a movie. So, um, you know, there, there's a, a number of possibilities that could be that, that there are famous mages that are there. I don't know. I just wanted to see your guys' thoughts and see, you know, toss around who that, that mage possibly could be because it would, I feel personally that it'd be interesting to possibly see uh, Antonitis or, or maybe Ronin in, in a movie capacity. Uh, thanks, guys. Thank you for the show. And Bye. I, I think those names he's looking for all fit within that time frame. Was Was Antonitis alive during this time? Um, I believe so. Was he? Yeah, he's this is, pretty. Supposed damn to be the Warcraft. 
Yeah, right? plus he's ancient. Yeah, he, he, he's really old when he's uh, when he's training Jaina. Yeah, he um, he dies during that during that game, doesn't he? Uh, which isn't game? that when he dies? Which one? In Warcraft War- Three. Oh, in Warcraft Three, yeah, he dies in Warcraft Three. That is correct. I mean, it, it's hard yeah. to tell if he's Antonidas because he's casting all these spells, and I don't see him getting free fireballs. <laughs> <laughs> but Antonidas also has the the, the long mustachey thing, right? So. Does that guy have that? No. Well, he he's young. He's, he looks like he's he seriously oh. looks like he's about eighteen in this. I thought we knew that it was Cadgar. I don't think we know. Do we know? We don't know. Okay. If there's if well, chat room will correct us, but I don't think we know yet. Could be wrong. And my problem, or the reason we brought it up in the first place, is I just don't like that he looks like some kind of twenty-something millennial hipster man. <laughs> and then he yeah, doesn't... he looks pretty young. I don't know about Antonitis. Antonitis yeah, yeah, uh, like old yeah. the entire time. Yeah. Mouse divided reminded me. Yeah, Antonitis is extremely old. Uh, yeah. Like over three hundred, so he's just perpetually the old gray wizard. Yeah, he's see him represented in Warcraft. He's so. magically old, right? Like that's we've how never I, seen young Antonitis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which isn't to say that they might decide. Who cares? We want a sexy Antonitis for uh, Warcraft, but <laughs> it could be. Uh, listen, Yoda was always a shriveled up booger, so it, it doesn't matter how old he was. It didn't matter. Like, oh, here he is in the prequels, thirty years earlier, still looks like a shriveled up booger. So. Uh, well, he he looked like he, I don't know, that episode one puppet looked like it was on meth. <laughs> it did, dude. It does wrong not with that hold up. It is bad. So bad. Um, all right, yeah, we got that, that was the one time in the prequels where I was like, yeah, yeah, CG. Let's switch it to CG. It looks so much better now. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm going to play, or I'm going to read an email. This came to us from Meatball Sub here, uh, there on the Eldrathalus realm. He says, longtime listener of the show. In fact, I make it a point to listen even when I'm not subscribed to WoW especially now that you cover multiple Blizzard titles. Hey, uh, Meatball Sub, how about a five-star review on iTunes? That'd be uh, great. <laughs> you guys have a lot. He may have left one. Yeah, that's true. I've recently, <laughs> yeah, we have we do have a lot. Um, I've recently gotten back into WoW after taking a long break around that time Hellfire Citadel came out. Oh, I haven't even told you guys what I'm doing in WoW right now. I'll tell you in a second. Anyway, like many, I have had an on-and-off relationship with WoW over the past few years. Legion has me excited once again. With all of the negativity surrounding the current content, I thought I'd ask what you guys are interested in most in Legion. For me, it's the survival hunter revamp. My first max level character in vanilla was a hunter, though I stopped playing the class entirely once BC arrived. The new changes coming have me stoked to max out a hunter again. It reminds me of the old times when a raptor strike with a slow two-hander could one-shot clothiers in PvP. I really look forward to seeing Legion's rendition live. Thanks for all your hard work. Um, I am most looking forward to the class revamps as well. Maybe in second place would be this, uh, the legendary weapon stuff or the, uh, artifact weapon stuff is really yeah, interesting. Yeah, the artifact weapons. Yeah. yeah. But, but I'm just really excited yeah. for PVP, honestly. Um, I don't know if I'm ever going to get back to raiding. I don't know if that's in my future anymore. I, I definitely will do the, the content, but I don't know if I'm going to be a, twice a week guy ever again you know what i mean don't you feel like don't you feel like the formula has to change a bit before because i'm in the same boat i don't know either i I need the formula to be changed up because right now it's just you need to know the mechanics you all move at the same place you all know when to do the thing you got to do and then you hopefully kill the guy oh oh, it's a dps race we don't have enough gear let's try again next week like it's kind of rinse and repeat right now and if they change up the formula i'm i'm more interested in that and i and right now it doesn't seem like that's well at this point the only real uh draw to to raiding for me is just hanging out with all the people and the jokes and the fun and the furt raid silliness that goes on it's great and i definitely do miss that for sure um i just don't know if that's enough of a draw for me right now to be carving time out when it's really difficult to do so yeah so 
you know, if it wasn't like the, the the reason why I think PvP works for me so well is that I can get like one or two guys. We can go into arena just on a whim. Oh, let's you know, let's just play some arena right now. Or I can just solo queue for battlegrounds and have a really good time. And that kind of stuff still has that big draw for me. Mm-hmm. And just the changes that they're making seem really exciting. The progression that you'll have, the way things kind of work and operate in uh, in Legion just really intrigues me. So I think that's going to be the thing I'm most excited about, yeah. most interested in. What do you think, Garrett? What are you, what are you looking forward to? I am the most excited. Uh, I, I, I like I like my, my wild lore, and I'm a big elf nerd, so I'm really looking forward to visiting all of these locations from elven lore. Mm. Yeah, uh, the the the, uh, the art and the aesthetic of everything I'm seeing in Legion just has me geeking out because I uh, love the style. Uh, I'm that and, I'm that way I, too. I'm so I'm so done with the brown and the dirt and mm-hmm. the orc mm-hmm. of uh, Draenor. <laughs> I want. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to go see a world that is inhabited by uh, by beings that like have an appreciation for art. <laughs> like they don't they don't build stuff just because they need to live in it. So they slap some bolts on it and cover it and hide. Mm-hmm. Like this mm. is an advanced civilization. I, I love that kind of stuff in fantasy. Yeah, I agree. Looking forward to it. Meatball sub. The, uh, the storyline too of all the all the scenarios and stuff. That's really exciting as well. I think yeah. that's going to scratch yeah. the itch of like this the rating what it does for the lore for me mm-hmm. is just all of these storylines we're going to get mm-hmm. in smaller chunks. You know. Yeah, for the first time in a long time, I'm. I want to go and do it with lots of characters, not just my main. You know, I want to see Dude, what they all I, are going to do. I think the last time I was on here, I talked about how in the beta, or in the alpha, I played through the. Uh, the quest for the Death Knight to go get their uh, freaking artifact, and dude, it's, as a Warcraft three nerd, I was geeking so hard. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. A lot yep. of a uh, lot of fan service in this yeah. uh, in this expansion. Yeah. The good Redoing all the all the classes like this though is going to get a lot of people to do that to go back and play through classes again. Yeah, that that will be fun for me for sure. I the the leveling experience is still as satisfying as it ever was. I you know. Even though at this point it, it feels stale. Like I went back and did, you know, I don't know if you guys all did the 1 through 20 to get your uh, your Hearthstone hero, mm-hmm. your paladin. No, I'm actually doing that now, funny enough. Yeah. yeah. So I just started, I got to 15. So fun. I, haven't, I haven't knocked those out the last You haven't finished levels. it? Yeah, oh, just, my God. It's got to tear I'm through so it. I'm so bored. I don't I don't. But then you can do it. You got to go again. back and do it with someone. Yeah. I had a blast doing it. Are you sure you don't you, know. you don't want to hear uh, that new lady paladin say my hammer is something and she's only got a sword? You don't want that? Well, first of all, I do really want that hero because Uther is boring and I love elves. <laughs> but um, she's all shiny, you know? Yeah, man. Like there's a little when you when you summon your dudes, it's like was, they shoot out with lasers. It's awesome. I don't think there was ever a point in World of Warcraft where I was excited, as excited as I was when Burning Crusade was announced and Blood Elves and Blood Knights were announced. Like, I was just like, it was just, you know, lore nerd in me. I'm like, yeah, I get to be an evil paladin elf on the Horde side. Sign me up. So the fact that I can now get a Blood Knight, uh, the leader of the Blood Knights, as my hero in Hearthstone, I need to do it. I'm just. I've leveled enough and wow, it is an experience. I have zero interest in revisiting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 10 years, man. We've been doing this for yeah. a while. Uh, sure. 11 years. Yeah. Right? But yeah, surprisingly, things. I enjoyed it just as if like, I'd, I'd never done it before the yeah. other day. When I'm we not... did it, we, we did one, it was about four hours, I think we spent doing it. And we didn't, you know, I had some, uh, some heirloom gear on, but we didn't really skip anything. Mm-hmm. Once we got to 15, we just started queuing up and yeah, I had a blast. Yeah. Actually, it would have been much faster, but we queued up for a few battlegrounds and got just 
rolled by twinks for a while oh, which really? was that was a mistake don't do that <laughs> anybody out there yeah i'm doing an undead because i haven't seen that place since cataclysm and i wanted to kind of relive some of those changes and i, I still oh, think well, then you probably had a wonderful experience yeah, that's man. fantastic it's really there. good questing too like the questing's some of the best in that revamp and i hadn't yeah. done any of it so you know going to brill after the big change and that whole area is just different and What's yeah, the uh, the barons barons still sucks. Just yeah, so you know. barons barons are <laughs> yeah. the worst. They're the worst. Don't roll an orc or a tauren. Still really don't go to Duratar. Yeah. It's really boring. Not a good time. Uh, Paul Keener wrote in. Final email says, "Do you have to get everything for a second account for my son? I.e., full game, all of the expansions, authenticator, etc." Uh, well, Paul, yes, but keep in mind that the game itself is now what, like thirty nine bucks for, and you get everything previous. Like it's just no, all I th- of it. Yeah, I thought you could buy just Legion or uh, just um, Warlords, and it just gives you everything. Yeah, and then that doesn't include Legion, of course. But I think you—that's the current deal. So it's actually not a big deal that way. You'll get the entirety of the game. Yeah, um, no, it's it's not like you have to buy six different every titles. expansion. You, yeah, you just buy you just buy Warlords, and you're you're good to go. Yeah, there's your game. That's World of Warcraft, baby. Just play the damn thing. Uh, thanks for your emails. Thanks for your thoughts. And uh, thanks for your phone calls. 801-471-0462. The instance at gmail.com is, of course, the email address. You can send your attachments there as well. Before we kick out of here, let's uh, let's go around the table. Let's start with our, our guest, Garrett, who's, uh, you know, none of us are strangers to each other. But in case you're listening and don't know where to find Garrett's fine works, uh, Garrett, where should again? they go? Yeah, Who is this dude? <laughs> this is I don't recognize guys. him with his hair over his forehead. <laughs> I know, it's, it's weird. Weirding me out. Freaking me out, too. <laughs> Yeah, I'm feeling a little emo today. I'm going to put on some My Chemical Romance after we're done with this show. Great. Um, uh, Everything I can do can be found over at amove.tv. The Angry Chicken, if you'd like Hearthstone. Into the Nexus, if you like Heroes. Again, we just had Dills and Scott on last night to celebrate our 100th episode on Into the Nexus. Go check that out. Uh, But the big thing I want to promote right now is CreateCon. I'm putting on a small convention in Orlando this July. Go to createconvention.net for more information. We're having a live Angry Chicken, a live Into the Nexus. Uh, Tom Merritt and Jenny Josephson are coming, so we're doing a live Star Wars podcast. Uh, Brian Brushwood and Justin Robert Young are coming, so we're having a live night attack. It's going to be a really good time. Uh, it's the first time I'm putting on one of these things. So uh, check it out. Come on out to Orlando and maybe hit up a park or two afterwards. There it is. America's wiener. Just waiting for you. And I mean Florida, <laughs> not you. I meant Florida. I, I am actually, my my official title is America's wiener. <laughs> well, good, because I've been calling you that for a long time. It's nice to know I can do it in the open now. <laughs> uh dills what's uh, uh what, what's going on with you sir a uh, couple couple things the youtube channel is live so you can go check that out it's youtube.com slash willie dills sf twitch.tv slash willie dills sf and um the personal patreon is all up and running so ba- basically all the stuff that i've been promising people i was going to get to mm-hmm. i finally got to it so here you go nice yeah, it's happening i like yeah. it go check it out uh patreon.com slash willie dills is that right YouTube.com slash Willie Dills SF. So we're, we're still keeping the SF in there just to make me feel like I'm still a San Franciscan somehow. <laughs> somehow. In some way. <laughs> but uh, we're, yeah, we're, we're living in Texas. So it's basically just a, a guy who doesn't know what the hell to do in Austin figuring it out live on YouTube. Nice. Uh, I, and I know, I understand right now the quality is not that great because, you know, I'm new to the whole thing. I'm using my freaking iPhone at this point. We'll get better equipment at some point. But uh, yeah. for now, bear with me, people. Yeah. Stick stick with it, bear with it, check it out. Uh, for us, man, there's a million things going on. Um, and make sure you check out all of our, our, our Heroes podcasts. You talked about Into the Nexus, but check out Stormcast with Dills and, and mm-hmm. those folks over there. It's fantastic. If you haven't heard of my other show about Heroes as well, but apparently we all like Heroes. 
So I have a show called Core that I do every week as well. Uh, fill up your iPods and your phones and your whatevers with uh, with more heroes goodness by getting one of those shows. You can I find... actually talked to a few people who say they listen to all of the shows. And I was like, wow, oh, you yeah. are. I think there's a you bunch. are a, a true hero of the storm. Yeah, my I think there's a lot of crossover. I think so yeah. too, and it's uh, a really great extended community for that game. I feel like we're helping build that in a way, and it's it's super nice. So uh, go check out all those shows if you get a second. Uh, that's gonna do it. Theinstance.net is the webpage. Uh, go there. All the links to everything are there. Leave us reviews on wherever you get your podcasts. Hopefully, ones you like us. And if you don't, well, that's okay too. We'll take whatever you got. Theinstance.net is that site. And once again, at Instant Show on Twitter, at Scott Johnson, at Willie Dills, at Garrett Art, uh, and for Terpster and Patrick at not Patrick at the underscore T. Find more great shows just like this. Frogpants.com. It's gonna do it for us, for me, for Dills, and for our guest Garrett. We'll see you next time. Bye. Paladin Pose provokes piles of pushback. It's the Overly Dramatic News. I'm Hunts the Wind. The pre-Legion lull may still be in full force on Azeroth, but unfortunately some people will still look for any excuse to get riled up over the smallest controversy. Such was the case this week at the Gurubashi Arena in Stranglethorn Vale. It's been traditional there for the victors of battle to stand upon the dais and salute the spectators, facing the crowd with both arms raised to the sky. But traditions, no matter how old, cannot last forever. Three days ago, for the first time, a female Tauren paladin claimed victory over a slew of opponents. This paladin, who goes by the name Sketcher, climbed atop the podium, but instead of the traditional victory pose, turned her back to the audience, looked coyly over her shoulder, and used her tail to mischievously wave at them. Many of those in attendance chuckled, and some found it impressive that she was able to change the mood of the arena so quickly after the carnage they had just witnessed. But others were horrified, and accused her of playing to stereotypes, saying her saucy pose diminished the impact of the victory she had just worked so hard to achieve. The story has since then gone quite viral, with people taking sides from all races, continents, and even worlds. Reached for comment earlier today, Sketcher was unrepentant, saying, quote, Look, love, I'm a female Tauren. That standard full-frontal victory pose... For me, it would have been utterly inappropriate. Broadcasting across all Azeroth, I'm Hunts the Wind. Check out the archives at OverlyDramaticNews.com or follow me on Twitter at Hunts the Wind. Greetings, gamers. This is Mucow, a resident expert on a common gamer condition called Altitis. Grinding levels on another alt? Why not tackle the Gorgon Trophies of Glory? In a previous segment, I explained how Gorgon was a great zone to grind when you were on the road to level 100. In particular, though, a meaty chunk of experience comes in the form of trophy collecting, specifically from larger game. There are 8 targets in total, all a fair harder challenge than your typical questing monster, but worth the effort. You will find them making a sort of circle around high pass on the map, and each one drops a quest starter that you'll want to hold on to. First, there are the plat-based monsters, Biolante and Fungal Praetorian. After these, you'll want to keep an eye out for Charles Doomwing and Roradin the Sky Terror, two flying Rylax. Cradlelord Igneous, Erosian the Violent, and Desicus of the Deadpools are more elemental-based monsters and have hard hits to prove it. Finally, Kargax Devourer will finish the roundup. Once complete, head to your garrison outpost in Gorgrant. Here, you can finally activate all eight quests and turn them in all at once. This allows you to first pop an experience potion and the more potent elixir and get an easy-level experience in the process. Bring a friend to tackle these critters, and you'll be done before the mini-mosses know what hit them. If you have questions, tips, or want to discuss the topic further, find us on Twitter at altitisnet, and show notes can be found on altitis.net.
On behalf of the Alt Army, we hope you find this information useful in the treatment of your Alt Army. Oh, the Mage here. And I'm Ben the Mage. Now please, please, I'm begging you, don't do it again. Ben, you gotta narrow it down. Well, okay, we have a team building with the word howling. So I was hoping you wouldn't pick... Pick what, your brain? Pick! Come on, do I have to say it? You're gonna have to say it then, because I mean, there are so many things. Moon Moon. While Eluder is singing Moon Moon again, make sure to check out episode 83 of Battle Pets, rife with secret technical difficulties, where we talk boss battles, read emails, and revisit Moon Moon. Are you done? Yes, Ben, because in honor of this week's show, I have a new song. Moon Mom! Moon Mom! Moon Moon Mom! Moon Mom! Moon Mom! Moony Moony Mommy! Moon Mom! This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com.